Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and today I will be joined by Hayes at CEO Hayes on Twitter, the co-host of the Locked On Bulls podcast and the solo host of the Chicago Bulls Central podcast to talk everything Zach Levine, his free agency, who he currently is as a player, where he ranks in the greater NBA pecking order of stars, and what he would look like as a New York Nick. All that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online now with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, and thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen. As always, we are now available on all platforms, including on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know, as promised, we have a very special guest today. I am joined by Hayes at CEO Hayes on Twitter, the new co-host of the Locked On Bulls podcast and the solo host of the Chicago Bulls Central podcast. You can catch both of those wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Hayes, man, welcome to the show. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the work you've been doing since taking over at Locked On Bulls. And we're going to talk about a guy that I've uh, long been a big fan of today. Zach Levine, uh, let, let's get right into it. What are what are your initial impressions following his um, exit interview comments on where he's at heading into free agency? <laughs> you know, a, a lot of a lot of Bulls Nation took those comments as like panic, and I just took them as, hey, it, it, it was smart business. Everything he said, looking at it, is it was it was smart to say. It was leaving the door open to say, hey, uh, you know, I love the city of Chicago, but I I, I got to go and. and whatever's best for me. But I, I, I think looking at everything, uh, it makes more sense for him to return to Chicago than anything else. And I do have faith that Zach Levine's coming back. All right, coming off a, a monster season is Zach Levine, uh, 24 and a half points per game, four and a half assists, four and a half rebounds. Uh, just, just flat out one of the most efficient high volume scorers in the NBA, 48% from the field, 39% from three, uh, elite free throw shooter, uh, has shored up some of the weak points of his game, uh, I, I think there, there's a case to be made that he's he's as desirable as anyone in NBA free agency who could theoretically actually change teams this year. Um, and we'll we'll circle back on the odds of him actually leaving the Bulls. But I, I kind of want to get a feel. Where do you think he is in the NBA pecking order at this point? Because obviously he took I mean, despite those monster numbers, he took a little bit of a backseat to DeMar DeRozan this year. And then mm -hmm. DeMar DeRozan emerged as a legitimate MVP candidate. Um, would you consider him like a top 15 guy in the league, top 25 guy in the league? Where, where is he in your mind at this point? I, I definitely think top 25. Um, I think that yeah, while he, his, his numbers dip some after the thumb and the back and the knee, but I think people forget too that at, early in the season, probably the first 25 or if not more games in the season, his numbers were right up there with DeMar's and his efficiency was even higher than what the season ended up finishing at. Um, and so I definitely think he can be top 25. One of the things that can get him even further to that, if we want to talk about getting him into the top 15 
at that point, it is an offense. It's making it's not turning the ball over in crunch time, which he does have a problem of doing so at times, but it's being always locked in defensively. We've seen from Zach Levine when he is locked in on the defensive side, he's a pretty solid defender. He's just not always locked in. If he can make that a more permanent part of his game, I think Zach Levine can easily become a top 20, top 15 player in the league, but we have to see it done. At 27 years old, do we see it become that? Uh, that question remains to be seen, but uh, I really, when Zach is locked in defensively, he's put together some nice defensive stretches. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that, that's always been the conversation with him, right? And I think it's it's this weird thing. He's like, he comes into the NBA with the Timberwolves and he's just seen as like, like a pure dunker, right? Like he, yeah. he's, he's this monster athlete, but not 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 a real player. Like because, because that Wolves team was never taken seriously. Gets traded to Chicago, um, emerges as, again, like an incredible offensive player, an incredible scorer. He's gotten better and better and better year after year on, the, on that end. But he was just so disastrously bad. On defense that people, I, I think, at least outside of Chicago, didn't really take him seriously. Like when you had those conversations, like mm-hmm. who are the dudes in the NBA? Like who are the guys who can contribute to to winning on a really high level, at least as, as a central part of a team? Um, Zach was not put into the, in those conversations. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, Hayes, but at, at the very least, he's he's gotten closer to respectability on that end of the floor this past year, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's gotten closer. Absolutely. I think that even even the biggest Zach detractors would have to admit that he he's taken some steps on that side for sure. And and what do you what do you I mean, I guess you were you were hinting at this saying he's already 27 because it's this weird thing, right? Because he has all the athleticism in the world. And then I think when people see someone that athletic not be great on defense, they immediately go to effort and they're like, all right, this is clearly he's not trying hard enough or he's not smart enough. And like, I don't, I think it, I think it just because defense is a little harder, like for, for us included to understand mm-hmm. an offense, I think people dumb down the conversation a little bit, but defense yeah. is so multifaceted, right? I mean, it is, it is making reads upon reads upon reads. It, it, it's foot speed, it's coordination. It, it's, it's who your teammates are. It's what scheme you're in. But all that being said, do you think he can still get better on that end of the floor? And like what specifically in his game on defense does he have to work on to, to reach his heights there? To me, it's it's the off the ball defense. That's where he gets lost at more times than not. And that's one of the things that Lonzo Ball did help him with. Lonzo's such a smart defender at reading what the other team's doing. And he talks, he communicates why he's out there on the floor. And that's why you saw Zach Levine be a better defender earlier in the season when him when Lonzo was out there together. You know, Lonzo ended up playing 35 games this season. But I do think having better defenders that communicate do help him with that off the ball defense. Um, But at the end of the day, it is something that he needs to look at himself and hopefully watch some tape at one thing about Zach Levine, you know, as you pointed out, we've seen him become this complete offensive player that he's flirting with the elite offensive numbers of the 50, 40, 90 club. Um, And we just want to see some of that attentiveness be put on the defensive end. I trust that he has the ability to do it. And if he, if he can shore up that part of his game, the sky's the limit for Zach Levine. And where have you seen him improve offensively over the course of his his Bulls tenure? Because again, it just it feels like every year he's made another jump, another jump, another jump. And then this mm-hmm. past season, like I, I didn't, I I didn't think him and Le- and DeRozan was going to be a disaster or anything. But I'm surprised mm-hmm. at how well he was able to mold his game to DeRozan's. Yeah, I think that what we saw early in the season, again before the health concerns, is that Zach's 
knew that he can get his shot off almost whenever he wanted to. He was picking his spot. So it was fine to have the, let DeMar have the fourth quarters or let DeMar have a big fourth uh, first quarter or something like that. But then we saw Zach really picking his spots, taking over certain quarters, having quarters where he would score 15 points in a quarter where maybe the quarter before it was only four points. And it was such a, a effortlessness to that that it made it seem or at that point like, oh, Zach's going to have a monster season because at this point now, Zach knows when to drive, uh, when to get out in transition. That transition with him, Lonzo, on the court was beautiful. Um, and also, I think what we've seen, too, to answer your question, and what we've seen Zach take leaps uh, with is is his assist, is the fact of him knowing when to defer. And that's something, you know, people try to throw the ball hog label on Zach, and I think really he was the only offensive weapon so long for the Chicago Bulls, and we saw this season him – freely give the ball up a little bit more than what he ever has at any other point in his career when he has more weapons around him as well. Do you think people underrate just how efficient he is as a scorer? Because I think, I think people get blown away by, I mean, again, still, even if it's declined a little bit after some mm -hmm. of the injuries he's had, like just the, the dunking ability, but I watch him and he's, he's just one of the best. Like I remember you, you know, better than I would, but the game where it, I think maybe it was the thunder where he just pulled up with like 19 seconds left and drained that like 35. Yeah. Or like, He's just like one of the great shot makers on planet Earth. And if I'm the Knicks or if I'm another team that's going after him and and I mean, this isn't true for the Knicks, but maybe for another team that's a little <laughs> closer to contention. Like if you're looking yeah. at him as the final piece, like, I mean, how many like I mean, I mean you just mentioned you, you think he's someone who could eventually get into that top 15 conversation. Like yeah. to me, like that's what would put him in there. Like there aren't maybe more than 12 other guys on the planet who can make some of the shots that he can at, at the clip that he can. All right, guys, I want to continue this conversation on Zach Levine and get a little bit more into the bigger picture of his free agency. What are the chances he could potentially end up a New York Nick? But if you want to put some money down on him ending up a Nick or a Bull or somewhere else, there's only one place to do it. It's betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. And I would head over there to put some money down on the Dallas Mavericks in Game 5 against the Phoenix Suns. I think the Mavs have kind of figured out the Suns team a little bit. They're playing with improved physicality. They're shooting the lights out of the ball. The Suns come in as six-point favorites in Phoenix. I think the question is, can Dallas keep shooting at the crazy rate that they are? Maybe not, but I, I think they're the tougher team right now. And to me, at least, Phoenix, outside of Devin Booker, looks a little bit shook. We'll see if the Suns have an answer. I throw some money down on the Dallas Mavericks, though. So head to the website today. Bet online where the game starts. Oh, for sure. Zach, Zach offensively, Zach is one of the most complete offensive players in the league. Yeah. And I think, like, people get so caught up in sometimes what he doesn't do that they – and it and like I said, he makes it look effortless sometimes. That that shot that you mentioned, he just pulled up and shot it and just kind of went about his business as, as if it was just a normal yeah, shot. Yeah, Zach, yeah. Zach, when he's on, the offense is so fluid for him. That's why you know it was tough to see how the how the ending of the season went. And you know, then to find out like he was only working at 50% capacity on the knee, it made sense because that fluidity from his game was all but gone at that point. And so it kind of makes sense. But yeah, Zach offensively is one of the best offensive players in the NBA. And I think people for, don't look at – because, you know, it took a while for me, too, to get to start looking at efficiency numbers. And when you look at Zach's efficiency numbers, they're right up there with the best offensive players in the NBA.
we we see the greats in the NBA. Like when when you think they can't top themselves in a certain respect, find a way to add something new. What what do you think? At least offensively, and maybe it is just continuing to sharpen up that passing. But where where can he still get better on that end of the floor? It's the ball handling. Zach still has those issues where he dribbles the ball off his foot in crunch time, and it and it forces turnovers. Um, that he can work on his ball handling. He can work mm-hmm. on the decision making. Like I said, down down the stretch, like sometimes in, in when the game gets tight late in games, Zach just does not make the right passes. As much as I said that you know his passing is kind of improved, he just doesn't, and he kind of forces it or he makes passes. If he would have made it a little bit quicker, it would have been an easy pass. But because of that hesitation, sometimes it gives it let defenders get in the right spot to try to to try to steal the ball. I like to see him t- tighten up that part of his offensive game. What, what's the relationship like between him and DeMar DeRozan? And, and how do you think those two like playing off of each other? Oh, I think it's great. I think when you when just the fact that that Zach deferred to DeMar as much as he has over the course of the season, uh, DeMar came here to play with Zach Levine. And I and, you know, the veteran leadership from DeMar, Zach's needed um, as much as anybody else on the court. I think that relationship between those two is, is rock solid. And we're I, I, to your point, maybe a little bit of gamesmanship in his mm-hmm. comments for and, and I probably should have mentioned them at the top mm-hmm. of the podcast, but something along the lines of like, you know, like I, I love Chicago, like I'll always love Chicago. Got to keep mm-hmm. my options open. Um, where do you think he's at on the Bulls experience as a whole? Because his, his first couple of years, I mean, at least in terms of winning, like obviously like a lot of frustration, a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. like finding the right teammates around him, finding the right fits. And then it felt like at the beginning of this year, like it all it all came together right DeRozan was a supernova and in some ways I thought Lonzo was even more important than DeRozan was to at least to Zach's game like with his ability to just be a guy who is always like his only like whatever Lonzo Ball's faults are as a player his only goal on the court offensively is to make everyone else better and if that means he just touches the ball for two seconds at a time on offense he's always going to make the next head-ahead pass he's always going to make the next right play and he's going to do it expeditiously um and uh, you throw on Caruso like covering up for some of his flaws defensively and I yeah. felt like he was all of a sudden on the perfect team for him and, and we we all sort of know how it went for Chicago like a million injuries like finish yeah. with a negative point differential on the year like get mostly just bullied by Milwaukee like a string of horrible health like Levine doesn't even get to finish the season because he's in COVID yeah. protocols um where is he at on Chicago as a whole as we we wrap up I mean it's, it's crazy right? it's five seasons for him there right now right yeah I, I think if the if Garpax was still in the front office, it would be no question that Zach Levine was leaving. I think AK and Eversley coming in, showing right away that they're here to approve the team, that they're there to build around Zach. Heck, you got to look at it this way. The, the front office gave up four first round picks to put a better team around Zach Levine heading into his contract year. That shows you the, the faith they have in him. Uh, even AK saying in his pre- presser, you know, that Zach Levine's knee is not going to factor into his unrestricted free agency. I think that it's that the relationship here in Chicago is rock solid. And I think because of the new regime that came in and that proved, hey, we're going to do whatever we can to get us as close to contention as humanly possible. And I guess that being said, maybe this is this this is going bigger picture on it. But what would you say the odds are of Zach Levine resigning in Chicago at this point? I would say and this is just it's <clears throat> this is just me being fair. But I'm, I'm putting it at 70-30. 70% he returns, the 30% chance that he leaves. When you look at the other teams out there, is that truly wants to, to win? The Bulls still out of the teams that have cap space unless another team all of a sudden creates some cap space. The Bulls give them the best chance to win. Um, they, uh, if it's money, 
the Bulls can give him way more money than anybody else can if he plans on signing the full five-year deal. Now, there is some something to be said of him signing a two-plus-one with the chance of getting back to free agency earlier to get even more money, but with his knee concerns being 27, that may not be likely, but if that is something that's kind of in their back pocket, then that, that changes some things with, with you know going to another team if it's a short-term deal, but I, I fully expect him to be back with Chicago. All right, so we'll... We'll, we'll just we'll play in fantasy land for a little bit. So let's just say the, the Knicks, like Zach Levine decides, hey, I want to be a Nick. Um, even though, to your point, if, if contention is his main priority, the Knicks do not currently, I would say, offer him <laughs> a much better chance of doing that than the Chicago Bulls. Um, it, at best, it would be an equivalent situation, depending on who the Knicks um, can put around him. But that being said, is there anyone on the Knicks who would who would interest you in a potential sign-in trade for Zach Levine? I think... The first name that I would pitch would be Emmanuel Quickly, just because I, I remember going back to Lonzo Ball's free agency. I thought those two guys would be such a great fit off each other and obviously not in the same universe yet as Zach Levine mm-hmm. is an offensive player, but much younger guy making a lot less money and brings some stuff at least or showed flashes of some stuff in, in a similar vein in terms of self-creation and, and deep three-point shooting. Yeah, uh, uh, Quickly it would be one of the ones that uh... – that I'd be interested in. Also, I think at a base, you, we got to start with R.J. Barrett, too. So R.J. Barrett is somebody who, while I'm not saying can come in right in right away and replace what Zach Levine does, but I like R.J. Barrett. Still only 20 years old, had, had his best season so far, averaging over 20 points uh, per game. I really, if, if Zach was saying, hey, I want to go to the Knicks, I'm going to the Knicks regardless. Let, let's, let's work something out that works for both teams. Uh, a deal that starts off with R.J. Barrett and possibly quickly, if we can get both of those players, I'm, I'm down for that. Now I'm yeah. probably being a little stingy, but I'll definitely yeah, yeah. be down for that. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's the cat. I mean, it's the catch yeah. twenty two for all of us, right? You you want to you want to get great players, you don't want to give up great players to do yeah. it. And I think that that's the conundrum for the Knicks. They're trying to find a way. How can they get that guy next to R.J. Barrett? Obviously, without giving up R.J. Barrett yeah. in the process and. It's easier said than done, but in, in a hypothetical world, which I know, not, not a world you want to live in, but maybe a world a lot, a lot of people listening, at least the Knicks fans yeah. listening, will want to live in. If the Knicks can find a way, maybe even if it's a different team, offload the money, gets Zach Levine back for not a ton. How do you yeah. think he he profiles as as basically like the number one guy in the Knicks? And, and to me, he's such a he's such a clean fit in New York because and it's kind of the same pitch for why RJ Barrett could eventually like succeed as the number one because yeah. the Knicks have done a very good job of of basically putting together a complete good team without the number one player just yet. And, and maybe that's RJ down the road. Maybe that's quickly down the road, but you, you look at what Levine would be surrounded by. It's similar to like the infrastructure the bulls have given him, where there are just a lot of other really good perimeter defenders. Quinn Grimes projects as a plus yeah. guy in the perimeter. Emmanuel quickly has turned himself into a very solid defender. Mitchell Robinson, one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. And the Knicks just have like a whole lot of length and size and, and tough dudes coming off the bench. And I, I think, I think Levine, could be almost a better version, obviously at a different position of what Julius Randle did two years ago as, as a hyper-efficient fulcrum operating around guys that just really want to kick ass on defense and have a lot more offensive talent than the Knicks of two years ago. All right, guys, we're going to take one final break. We'll come back. We'll talk about what the Chicago Bulls could be if they hit their ceiling with Zach Levine and what the ideas of building around him as a player. But first, I want to tell you, if you want to get big and strong like Zach Levine, there's only one way to do it. You got to go eat some Built Bars. Built Bars are the best. They're healthy and delicious, and you don't have to sacrifice taste for the health. Because with Built Bar, you can have both. They're 100% covered in real chocolate, and that's true for Built Bars and Built Puff. 
That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And have you tried the puffs yet? They're amazing. We're going crazy over them. They come in flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. So, I mean, sign me up. If there's not enough flavor for you, you might want to try the mix box. The mix box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure there is something for everyone. They are 130 calories, just four grams of sugar. That's the big thing for me. And they still taste great. Four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to a candy bar, normally 240 calories, about 30 grams of sugar, a whole different ballgame there, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com to get all your favorites, banana cream fry, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. The delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. So check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yeah, and it gives you a, a, automatically. It's it's going to send your offense as a total. Looking at if everything works and and gels right, that would make the Knicks a dangerous offensive team with the already defensive weapons. At that point, you would have to resign Mitchell Robinson as well, um, just to to give you know that interior defense. That's a, that's a nice team. I won't even lie. That'd be a nice team to watch. You know, we, we, we convinced DeAndre Ayton if we're, if we're playing fantasy world, maybe even get an upgrade there. Um, all right, but we'll, we'll wrap up on, on on a much better note for you, Hayes. Fantasy world. For the Chicago Bulls, what what do you think the what what is the best case scenario for this Bulls team? Is that I, it's almost weirder with the Knicks because they're not as far along and they're younger. But the the question you're always asking when you're, when you're in the middle of a pack in the NBA, like how do we get out of the cycle of mediocrity? And and the Bulls did, made a pretty big jump this year, right? They went from the very low end of that cycle where you're constantly picking eight, nine, ten, eleven in the draft to the higher end of that cycle where for a good chunk of the year they were the best team in the East and they they yeah. looked like a legit contender to at the very least make the second round, maybe make the Eastern Conference Finals. And as we said, um, injuries caught up with them and they they lost a little bit of that magic they had earlier in the season. Do you think they would be content to just run it back and say, hey, we're going to bet on internal development for a guy like Patrick Williams. We're going to bet on a healthy season for Lonzo Ball. We're going to bet that that wasn't a one-off for DeMar DeRozan and he is, he's at least one more season like that in him and, and, and see what we can do. Or, or did that just kind of brutal loss against the Milwaukee Bucks sort of throw water at their face and say, hey, at least, like this this core, I, I don't I don't know what the ceiling on it is. Well, no, I mean, even listening to the ending pressers, almost everyone – from front office to the 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 players talked about continuity. So I think the starting five for sure is running back with Alice Caruso, with Io DeSumo uh, coming off the bench. But I think almost everything else off the bench may change. Um, you know, Javante Green, I hope, comes back as well because he has a, a nice deal. But if a move comes along where the Bulls need to match a, a little bit of salary, I can also see Javante Green being thrown in there. I think we're going to see a completely revamped bench from the Chicago Bulls. They have a they have their full mid-level exception. They have a trade player exception worth up to $6 million that they can have until August to use. Um, and then veteran minimum players. I think they're going to look to really revamp that bench with players that are more consistent defensively, that can score some, um, and then, you know, who are just more trusted and that you know what you get out. One of the things that hurt us even at the beginning of the season when we were playing well is that we would have games where our starting lineup would give us such great production, but we'd have like eight points total coming off the bench. So I think that, that they're going to focus on on revamping that bench, giving a more solid bench, but I do expect the starting five, like I said, plus Alice Caruso, Io DeSumo to really be back, and then everything else kind of change around that. What, what do you think is the best case finish for the Bulls next year? I have to wait to see the way the roster works out. I, I I think if the Bulls don't get into at least 50 to 53 wins next year, um, not enough was done. 
I definitely think looking at how this, they honestly should have probably hit, probably had over 50 wins this season, but it took a historic fall with only getting eight wins after the All-Star break for that not to happen. Um, but I, I definitely think the Bulls need to be aiming for that 50 to 55 win mark next season if they make all their improvements that I think they're going to make. Plus health. health all right, the Bulls coming off an amazing season, looking to put together another one. Uh, Hayes, thanks so much for joining me, man. Can, can you tell everyone real quick uh, one more time where to find all your work? Yeah, definitely. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also follow me at Locked on Bulls with my co-host, Pat the Designer. And then if you want to do uh, see my solo Chicago Bulls show, it's Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you put Chicago Bulls Central. There's another channel called Bulls Central. Do Chicago Bulls Central. You'll find me there as well. All right. Check it out right in that Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk to you soon, Hayes. And we'll be back soon on Locked on Knicks. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we got, we got a full week of great episodes for you guys. So we'll be back soon. Until then, be good. Peace out. Peace out.